Hello and welcome to this edition of A Gamer Looks at 40. My name is Bill Tucker, and today I dive into uncharted waters. Sonic. Growing up as a kid, I was Team Nintendo. I've said it a dozen times on the show already, and I never had a connection with Sonic. Maybe it was the marketing, maybe it was my own personal bias and fandom, or maybe it was just the people I was around. Sonic was never on my radar. And even as an adult, I've never really engaged with the character or the game. I never really found a reason to. It's the, the gameplay is not quite what I look for when I'm aiming for a retro experience. And I'm sure I'll be talking a lot about that in a future episode. But tonight, I thought I would feature the story of one person. One person who had the exact opposite experience than I did. Where I was Mr. Mario, this guy was Team Sonic. And Sonic not only defined his fandom and his video game fandom, but really sculpted him as a person in some really interesting and unexpected ways. This is a very personal, kind of just one-shot interview episode. Um, I'll do a few of these throughout this series, and... Here's hoping you enjoy it as much as I did as we take a look at somebody truly sculpted by Sonic. Yo, he goes slow. He ain't no fool with that Sonic speed. He just always cool. Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. No fool. Come on, just show me what you got. Going fast is cool. Going slow is not. Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. No fool. Wild game, dude. Setting danger zone. You and Sonic speed. Or you are Tesman Sonic the Hedgehog, the hot new game from Genesis Games. Systems and games go separately. No fool. Meet Ryan, creator and lead writer for the Games with Coffee blog. Now, I first met Ryan through some of the other sites that we write for, um, the uh, now defunct Well Read Mage sites and the newly risen of the pixels.com. And we have very similar feelings about how games should be approached from a critical standpoint. And he's a good egg. He's just a, a fun guy to follow. And when I first started approaching the Sonic piece of this project, he was one of the first people I thought of to talk about. And man, I'm glad I did. Uh, he hosts a Twitch stream every Sunday where he does a Sonic Power Hour. His uh, his profile picture has a Sonic hat on it. He's 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 a huge fan, and man, I'm really glad I did because he not only is a fan of the character and of the franchise, he almost has a personal relationship. He's developed this love through a lot of just life experiences that are actually really unique and really interesting. Um, so this episode is all about that. As we share a couple of these stories, um, there is a full, huge blog post with some of these stories in it and more that I will link in the show notes. So let's dive in and start where most of these stories start as we're kids on Sculpted by Sonic. So I was about to start sixth grade and uh, um, how it kind of works here in where I live Um where I went to school originally, and I, I moved a lot around as as I was when I was a kid. Uh, where I started out originally, uh, I was in a school from uh, that started from junior kindergarten up to the fifth grade, and from there I would have moved to like a middle school or something like that. But the where I used to live, um, that was a brand new subdivision when it was built back in 1994. 
so uh, they built a brand new middle school to accommodate all the kids that moved into that subdivision. And when I was after I finished uh, fifth grade, I got shipped off there before they realized, oh no, we're overcrowded. We need to build another school. So oh <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I was only at this one school for um, for my for the sixth grade, and that. Yeah, that was that was a pretty bad that was a pretty bad year because the as I mentioned before I had a, a I had ADHD and right. I was uh, I was on some meds um, midway th- like up until maybe midway through the school year and then my dad was like because I was I was a literal zombie in class and I just I just couldn't I just, I couldn't see the forest from the trees at all it was just wow. it was it was really really bad so my dad was like no nah, you like don't um, don't 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 uh don't subject yourself to this any further right so i stopped sure. i stopped taking my meds which then brought about my mood swings and right right <laughs> yeah it caused a, it caused a lot of problems but i remember when i first started um sixth grade one of the things i wanted to do was i wanted to get along with everybody right i mean sure. new school bunch of new yeah. kids that i never met before some of them i did know from when i was uh at the old school but like they're not as they're you know whatever so I'm like okay make a great first impression we're gonna play tag I'm gonna chase these dudes around and you know we're gonna you know we're gonna try and make some friends and stuff like that problem right. was I was I problem was I was the slow fat kid so <laughs> ah, I know I have I know the feeling I feel you yeah ya. so um yeah I, I, I for some reason I just I could not I could not run fast I remember I, I was just not I was just not good enough to you know to catch the other kids. I, I don't know if it was because I, my legs were just never I never trained myself in, in running or I never did enough running as a kid because I sat my butt all day playing video games. <laughs> but, yeah. but either way, either way I couldn't do it. Right? Either way I couldn't do sure. it, and I was made fun of. Because of that, I was like, "Oh, Ryan, you you can't you can't come catch us." And I mean, I would have added some more vulgarities on that because you know we're <laughs> we're we're eleven year olds. We're we're eleven year olds yep. on the playground, little supervision. Yeah, you know, yep. you know, we're gonna be cussing each other out. <laughs> language, there's no filter on the language in the in the playground. That's for sure. Uh, absolutely, I'm from, absolutely. <laughs> I'm from Jersey. All right, I listen. That that was never a problem. <laughs> totally, totally. I think it was around. It was November or December time when this happened. It's uh, no, no. It wasn't November, December. It was springtime, actually. Sorry. So this was springtime when this happened because I was not able to take out my bike during the winter months because <laughs> because right. yeah. Toronto um, um, Canadian winters are notorious for being uh, for being uh, very very crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, they're pretty brutal. Yeah. They are totally brutal. So it was around springtime. I remember I went over to my aunt's house and the same cousin that introduced me to the Genesis and the Sonic Two. Uh, he, he and his family ended up living in my aunt's basement. Like she had a basement apartment, so they were living there. Right. So I went there for a weekend, just, you know, just to, just to sleep over. I think my cousin, he was, uh, he wasn't around the house too much. Uh, He was older than me. He was like, he was well into his teens. He was doing his own thing and stuff like that. But I was still able to go down to his basement and I was like to his room in his basement. I'd pop on the Sega Genesis I played Sonic 2, and I remember, I remember specifically here, when I was playing it, 
well, that one day after like coming after coming from another week of brutal merciless teasing i'm just i was looking at it and i was playing sonic 2 and i'm like you know what that's it enough is enough i'm going to run as fast as sonic the hedgehog even if it kills me wow <laughs> and wow. That was the day, that was the moment in my life when I got myself to do some form of training. Interesting. Yeah. So Interesting. what I used to do oh. was like, because it was spring, it was nice out now. So yeah. I would, you know, I would get my, I would get on my bike and get on it. And I didn't have head, like, headphones and Walkmans and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, we had, we had the Walkmans, they were, we had the cassettes. CDs were starting to come in um, in um, fashion now, but they weren't as ubiquitous as they were like when uh, in like the mid to that like the early to mid two thousands, right? So it was still it was still the early it was still the early years. So what I would do is I would have I would just like picture chemical plant going through my head over and over and over again. That was my favorite level in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Wow. Chemical plant zone, which yeah. is the second zone after Emerald Hill, which is also a great zone. Oh my god. Sure. <laughs> now, now I'm going to want to play Sonic 2 again. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I had I had the music from Chemical Plant going through my mind over and over and over again. I was I was just pounding the pavement with this mountain bike, you know, setting it onto the highest gear so I would I would intentionally make it harder for me to like pedal, you yeah. know, and I I would just do that every every single day after school. I was just like, okay, as soon as I get home, get on my bike, start riding. And normally I wouldn't do this, but the reason why I I actually you know, push myself to do this kind of training was because my mom confiscated my video games every week and she would only give them to me on the weekends. So okay. I was just like, okay, well, whatever. Gotta so, do something. I'm going to go ride my bike. I'm not going to do my homework. Are you kidding me? I'm 11 exactly. years old. <laughs> I hate yeah. homework. I hate math yeah. homework. Screw that. I'm, I'm just going to you, go. you, you have something to, you have a goal. Exactly. You I have do. a goal. Homework, there's no goal in homework. Homework <laughs> is just work to do at home. Exactly. Seriously, you had a goal. Tell, mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I wouldn't see any sort of fruits from my labor for like a couple of years. So, I mean, after the whole tag issue, um, playing with the kids in, in, when I was 11 years old, that, that came, that was furthest out of my mind. I didn't really care about that anymore. All I wanted to do was just nice. get fast, get strong get fast, ride my bike every day, like, just do that every single day and just, like, go as far and as fast as I can. And it wasn't until I was in eighth grade, I was 13, that I actually, that I actually saw some fruits in my labor. It was, we kind of had the, we had kind of had this track and field day at school for gym class. And, um, what happened was, uh, we were paired up, uh, Two, two people, two people side by side, we'd run a hundred meters down like a paved road. We didn't have like a track, we didn't have like a track ring or anything like that. It was just right. like, <laughs> I blame the Ontario government for this. They didn't give us any funding to, <laughs> to, to, to actually build a track and field facility, but whatever, you know, this is middle school. Parking lot. Parking just using, lot yeah, basically, yeah, it's basically the parking lot. <laughs> <That's> so <awesome. laughs> we were, so we got set, we got set up and got ready to go. I was against, I remember racing against this girl who was incredibly athletic, like 
for for a thirteen year old, she she like was like on the sports teams and stuff like that. And, oh wow! And whatever, and I was like, I had no chance whatsoever. But you know yeah, what? Right? I told, <laughs> I, I I looked at myself. I'm like, you know what? You got this, man. You, you, you all, all you gotta do is just do your best. And nice. Like, yeah. Like uh, when I was twelve, when I was thirteen, those were two of the hardest years of my life. I would say. Yeah. Because uh, I just. There, it was, those were very, very dark times for me. But that one bright moment, that one bright spot for me was when I was running that track meet. And the moment they said go, I forgot everything. I forgot everything around me. I forgot all of my woes. I forgot all of my shortcomings. I forgot all of the darkness that I was holding inside of me. At 12 years old, at 12 and 13 years old, wow. like I was, it was really 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 bad i was a really really bad really dark place at that age but the moment i started running it just everything just everything just vanished all those feelings just completely disappeared i didn't i didn't think of anything else but just my feet hitting the pavement over and over and over again as fast as possible and then when I hit the finish line, obviously I got beat. But you know what? Right. To me, to <laughs> I was rooting for you. I was rooting for you. Come on. No, this 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 girl beat me by a mile. But <laughs> honestly, it didn't matter to me. It didn't matter to right. me that I lost. Right. It didn't it did matter end. to me at all. Because at that moment, I felt like the wind. I felt like Sonic the oh. Hedgehog. I was just like, what? I was never this fast when I was 11 years old. I'm 13 years old. I'm like tearing it down the track okay sure i didn't win but you know that's progress right that is yeah that's progress you you that is such a really beautiful story and i'll (laughs) I'll explain i'll explain why i got i almost had a little bit almost almost got a tear on there because it's it fall it flies in the face of what i think a lot of people assume video games are or definitely when we were kids right it was a lazy activity it was you weren't doing schoolwork. You weren't doing homework. You weren't playing sports. You were sitting in a basement in the glow of TV clicking buttons, right? But what that story shows is that it inspired you. It was inspirational. It inspired you to to get out and and be outside. Like It inspired you to get outside, to run, to exercise, to work towards a goal because that's what you do in games. In games, you work towards goals, right? Absolutely. It's different than a homework. It's different than a lot of things a kid does. You know, I, I, my kid, he's five. I just tell him what to do all day. Right? <laughs> that's what happens. He's a kid and he gets, gets told what to do. Right. But in this situation here, there, he, you had a goal and you went fast. And your inspiration for that was this little blue character that you kind of fell in love with. That is very touching. And I think that's a really, that's a really beautiful testament to how games can be transformative, not only, you know, on the screen or, or, or even just for fun, how they can really be transformative in our lives. And I think that's, that's really touching. Thanks for sharing that, man. Thank you. We've talked about how Sonic affected Ryan's life as an 11-year-old and becoming a 13-year-old and discovering his physical abilities um, thanks to Sonic's encouragement to just go fast. 
So let's now move forward a few years to when he's about 16, 17, and how a certain game not only infected him from that aspect, but affected him artistically. Let's give it a listen. Yeah, kind of in the comic book phase, and also in the Sonic Adventure stage of, oh, uh, sure. of everything, right? So, yeah, 99, uh, 1999, September 9th, 1999, that was when Sonic Adventure came out. And I don't know if you remember this, but um, you uh, but at, you know when at Blockbuster Video, right? Uh, there was like certain there was like certain blockbusters that had like a set of TVs with like consoles, and you could like test out the games before you you get to rent them. Oh yeah, have you, absolutely. Have you, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a god. A lot of time Me? spent at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My myself, my best friend, and my brother. We would spend, like, when I'm not training or when it was just the weekends, we would spend every waking moment at a Blockbuster, just <laughs> sitting, in, <laughs> sitting in the store, playing video games That's for so hours good. on end. And they wouldn't the, kick you out? They wouldn't be like, hey, come Oh, on, no, kid, they kicked what? us out, but we, we, you know, we ended up coming back. <laughs> we're like, oh, no, no, we're going to rent this game. But first, but first we're, we're going we're gonna to be playing some games first, and then we'll rent the game. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. We're we're gonna try these out extensively before we spend our hard-earned dollars on this, sir. Yeah, coming, coming back with mustaches and like wigs and fancy hats, like disguises, <laughs> just trying to get yourself back in front of the from the free games. That's funny. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the games that I got exposed to during that time was because of Blockbuster. Um, it was Parasite Eve mm-hmm. for for. Uh, for the PlayStation, which yep, uh, was, was, was a great but so terrifying game. <laughs> so oh, yeah. there was that one. I mean, there was... Um, I think I played some N64 games. Uh, there, I think it was Die Hard Trilogy 2 I played at one point. I, I played so wow. many games, I can't even remember. But the one, th- one game that stood out on my mind the most was Sonic Adventure. Nice. For, for the Dreamcast. And my God, it was... It was, it was it was magic. I remember oh, wow. thinking to myself, oh my god, I want a Dreamcast. I had a PlayStation at the time, and I'm like, damn it, I want a Dreamcast. I want a Dreamcast so bad, so I can play Sonic Adventure on it, man. Why can't I get a Dreamcast to play Sonic Adventure on it? And... Yeah, it was it it was it was great, and I thought to myself, I'll never get a chance to play it. And then all of a sudden, two thousand three, I was sixteen years old. We got a GameCube around that time, so okay. And on that GameCube, I found out that um, Sonic Adventure uh, they had a director's edition, they had a director's cut of Sonic Adventure for the GameCube. And That's right. Yeah, this happened just after 2002 when uh, when Sega e- exited the hardware uh, side of uh, uh, video game development, focused exclusively on software. And the first thing the first thing they went to was their their bitter rivals at Nintendo and be like, "Yeah, hey, I remember this." Games <laughs> I remember this too because I remember being a big deal because I think Sonic Adventure was one of the first games, Sonic games that ended up on a Nintendo console. If I yep. if I'm correct on that. Absolutely. So it was uh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, actually. Sonic Adventure Two Battle was okay. the first uh, was the first official Sonic game 
for a Nintendo console. And then followed right afterwards, I think about a week or two later, was Sonic Advance for the Game Boy Advance, which is gotcha. one of my favorite portable Sonic games. Okay. Right. Cool. Beyond, beyond Sonic 2 and, for the Game Gear, and another title called Sonic Triple Trouble, which was a Game Gear exclusive. This this game was absolutely breathtaking. Pushed the Game Gear to its absolute limits. Wow. And tell you, I, I did a stream on that. It's one it's been a popular game for me to stream over the, like the last year, like almost two years now. So nice. like people love when I when I play Triple Trouble because it it is it was that good. It's that well That's designed cool. of a Sonic game. But then Sonic yeah. Advance, but then Sonic Advance, oh, it's just the, the sprite work is one of the most beautiful sprite works I've ever seen on a portable Sonic game, ever. It's just they're, they're just the the characters in Sonic Advance were so alive and so vibrant and so just gorgeous. It was it's it still remains my one of my visually one of my favorite Sonic games. And at that time, at that same time, because of the comic books phase, and I got into I got into Japanese anime and and manga and everything like that too. So sure. just like started like you know I'm gonna start drawing I'm gonna start drawing anime, right? So I start nice. I nice. yeah I, I ended up in a very big anime phase from the ninth grade all the way up into my university years. But between when I was sixteen. And when I kind of petered off, or when I was like around like 27 or so, all I would do is just draw Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I literally Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 got me inspired enough to start drawing Sonic the Hedgehog, like like all the time, wow. every time. So and that's, what you, that's, and that's what you mainly drew, like Sonic stuff. Yeah, just mainly drew Sonic stuff. Wow. Okay. That's all I did, and and that was that was big develop developmentally wise. That was that was huge for me because. I mean, I found that drawing helped, um, kind of helped me, like, kind of help with like visualizations in my mind. It's like sometimes, and this, and this is kind of a weird thing to admit, but when I read stuff, I basically, I basically construct a picture in my head of the thing that I'm reading. So I, I basically, I, sure. I start, I start creating scenes. I start creating characters. I based off what I, what, what I'm reading and stuff like that. I can, I can pretty much imagine. It's like almost like a movie going off in my head. Right. Cool. Yeah. And uh-huh. so, like drawing all, like drawing Sonic the Hedgehog all the time. Like, and I mean, I drew this guy endlessly in like various scenarios. I, I drew all the other characters. I drew Knuckles. I drew Tails. My Tails isn't exactly as great, but my Sonic is like is like barn on the king. Like, I'm so good at drawing Sonic. I can draw him like almost with my eyes closed. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking through the article that you have on, and I'm going to link this article in the show notes. Oh, please, so please do. Can check this out. Oh, absolutely. And I'm looking at some of the the Sonic uh, drawings. Yeah, they're like spot on, perfect. Like they're they're dang near. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. They're really good. Yeah, my favorite one uh, on that one on that on that uh, particular one is just this uh, pencil drawing where I just have Sonic just laying on the beach, just just chilling out, yep. and there's like a there's like a midway around there, there's a boardwalk. It was drawn in perspective because I took a lot of art classes and we were doing a lot of perspective work there, so I was really inspired to do that. And yeah, it's just a really really calm, really chill beach theme, and I was just like, yeah, it was one of my favorites because I mean. Not all the time Sonic has to go fast. He's right. He's a he's a character who just also just likes to take it easy. He doesn't want he does sure. things he does things on his own time. 
He doesn't care about it's, what everybody else no, thinks. No, it's me, and it's definitely, uh, yeah, like you said, it's contrasting what you typically would expect from a Sonic character, or a Sonic scene, right? Yeah. Moving fast all the time, but Sonic also, like you said, has the uh, has the, the room to just chill out on the beach and and watch the sunset. That's really cool. No, it's a cool, it's a cool rendering for sure. Two thirds of the way through, and we've learned a lot about Ryan as he's traveled this life with Sonic by his side. Um, the final segment of this show deals with his writing, and as I've said in the open. You know, I met him through writing, so I know he's a very talented writer. He's very good at what he does, but I had no idea that he took. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I'm just gonna let you listen to it. Um, but what occurred from his Sonic fandom is pretty amazing, and it's a pretty amazing testament to the sort of inspiration Sonic can be to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So let's listen in as Ryan tells us how Sonic influenced him as a writer. All right, so it was around the end of high school. No, no, not not just the end of high school. It was around university where my biggest project came about. And I got to give you some background because I kind of skipped over this a lot. Okay. But um, the fact that I, I got so into writing right now wasn't a complete accident. <laughs> Okay. Like I, I didn't just I didn't just start becoming a writer all of a sudden. Back in 2017, started writing up my blog, Games with Coffee, just out of a whim. You know, it just no, um, of course it not. was a, it was a giant evolution. Uh, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, whoever is listening to this, Sonic the Hedgehog had a huge influence <laughs> on my writing. <laughs> yeah, don't say. <laughs> I am not kidding you. I am not kidding you. Going back to when I was seven or eight years old, right? Okay. Yeah. And I had a creative writing. Uh, like one of the things that we do in school is like we do creative writing. So you have to make up your own story. Right. I was playing Sonic Two at the time. I couldn't beat it. I kind of I had an idea of what may have happened. So I'm thinking to myself, heck with this. I'm going to write a story. So the very first story I wrote, the very first story I wrote as a kid. Obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog was a fan fiction of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 <laughs> for the Game Gear. <laughs> Complete with oh. illustrations. Whoa, with illustrations and everything. Everything. You were I, writing fanfic at at eight. That is that's a riot. That's so good. good it wouldn't job. be the first have, time either. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I was say, have you conti- did you ever write more fanfic for uh, Sonic? Oh over the years? man. Uh before we get into that, let me let me just finish this off by saying that. Oh, like, sure, sure, sure. Go no, 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 because that's an excellent question, and I'm going to answer that, but we need some background on this, my friend. There's a lot of background on this. Because <laughs> not only did I write fine fiction for Sonic 2, I submitted this as my actual creative writing assignment. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, I submitted fan fiction for creative writing assignments, that's and it wasn't so the first good. time. That wasn't the first time I did that. When the Super Mario oh Brothers gosh. movie came out, it's uh, like... Yeah, like the, the that, that yeah. terrible, absolutely terrible Super Mario Brothers movie event. I made a fan fiction. I wrote a fan fiction for that. I submitted that for third grade. That's amazing. <laughs> when I first played Alundra for the PS One, and Alundra is like, a, it's kind of like a, a Zelda on steroids, a little bit. For okay. one of my f- absolute favorite um, um, 
Zelda-esque video games of all time. It's it's sure. an underrated gem. People need to play this game more often. Anybody listening to this, go to the PS3 store, <laughs> download Alundra, play it. You will you will thank me. You will thank will me not... for it. All right, fair enough, man. I'm I'm in that boat. I'm gonna have to do this now. Yeah. So continuing on with the um. Because I need to hear more about your fanfic and, right, yeah, and how so, this has progressed. So I played Alundra. I only had it for about a week. I fell in love with this game. I wrote a fanfic about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I submitted it for standardized testing. There was a standardized testing uh, requirement in my um, in my in 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 our hometown, yeah. right in our home area, yep, yep. Uh, yep. where you have to not only have to do like math tests and like English tests, but you also have to do a creative writing test. And yes. <laughs> I submitted yes. a fan fiction. That of is so great for my, my creative writing assignment. <laughs> That's amazing. I imagine if like there's like one professor who's like super cool who like recognizes all. He's like, I think, I think this is an Alundra. Uh, is this? No, it can't. Some kid wouldn't be bold enough to do that. I was that That's kid. Am- I was bold enough, and That's it amazing. Flew over everyone's head. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hey, listen. That's creative. I, I don't. I don't know. That's awesome. Maybe like some kid right now doing like a Fortnite fanfic and submitting that to class or something like a modern child doing that. Man, that's good. Very good. It would mean the the legacy lives on. The legacy lives on. (laughs) That's right. I'm down with that. Listen, it's it's a derivative work. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's perfectly fine. But yeah, but ever ever since then, it's just like like I've been writing. I've just been writing fan fiction for as long as I can remember. Again, it started again with Sonic the Hedgehog. And I had like, I had notebooks full of unfinished, uh, unstarted fan fictions, just like ideas, doodles, sketches. Right. All all sorts of things. But like, really where where it all started taking off, um, it was... It was after I finished high school. I was around 19 or 20 years old. So this would be 2007. Right? Yep. I was... I bummed off. I bummed off my university studies. I was. I, I, I majored in mechanical engineering, by the way. And so I, could, I, I know you guys can imagine that, uh, <laughs> that the course load as a mechanical engineer is absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Yep. Yeah, for for the first year, first year of university, I nearly failed miserably. <laughs> but it Sonic happens. always, but Sonic always told me never to give up. So I followed Sonic to the end, and it's I stuck with it. So <laughs> there you so go. I, I dug myself I, out I, of the hole. Yeah, I went to an engineering school as well, and so I, I totally get how much math and how just brutal that that coursework is. Yeah, no, I'm, totally, I'm absolutely. So, okay, so 2007, I was in the middle of digging myself out of a hole. I think I was taking a philosophy class during that time as well, too. So I think that may have been part of the part of the influencing factor on this. But anyways, so here I was in my room. I was supposed to study. I was like, you know, forget this. I'm not going to study. I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII again for like the gajillionth time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was playing Final Fantasy VII, and again because I was I was taking this philosophy class, and I think I think I don't remember what the topic was, but for some reason it stuck like philosophy stuck out of my mind, and I'm like playing Final Fantasy VII again, and I'm like, you know what, Sonic and Zack and Tails and Cloud, they're kind of similar to one one another, 
in, in many, 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 many ways. Now, before we continue, I just wanted to put out a quick note of spoilers for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, normally, I wouldn't care too much for a, you know, PlayStation 1 game. But since we have the remake out there and the remaster or whatever else they call it, just want to fire that out real quick for those who haven't played it and want to go into the game completely unspoiled. Um, if you are in that boat, skip around to 3450 in this recording and you should be free and clear. Back to the show. Final Fantasy VII, you, I, I'm pretty sure everybody and their mother knows the story behind that, you know, like the true story behind that, not just the not just the story you see when you start when you boot it up, but the true story in right, that right, right. Yeah. in that you know Zach uh, Zach rescued Cloud from their confinement in um, in the Shinra Manor in Nibelheim after five years had passed from the uh, the Nibelheim incident where Sephiroth went mad, killed everybody, and tried to de- take his decapitated mother's head to the Promised Land. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically, basically yes. Yeah, basically yes. So, what I remember, I was remembering that scene, and I looked at it, and I always realized, and I, I, I made this sudden realization that, that Cloud always looked up to Zack. And then I... I com- I made that connection in the same way that Tails also looked up to Sonic. He looks up to Sonic so much. Like, like when they started out in Sonic Two, it's like Tails always wanted to be like Sonic. And then I, and then I made the connection that Zack always wanted to be like Cloud. Or sorry, Cloud always wanted to be like Zack, not the way around, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. No, yeah, for sure. And then from there, it just the connections just started like started being made in my mind, right? It's like not 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 just only with the characters, but like with um with the with the elements of of the materia in Final Fantasy VII, you can make a case that they're similar to uh, Chaos Emeralds, because in the Sonic comics, sure, they're not just seven emeralds in the Sonic the Hedgehog comics for the Archie series. There are like like there are emeralds coming out of the wazoo. <laughs> Let's just put it really? that way. Yeah. Okay. So like emeralds are ubiquitous. And then not only that too, but like if you think about like Shinra Incorporated and like Robotnik, like they're pretty similar in themselves. They're they're megalomani- they're megalomaniacal companies that want to take that want to rule the world. And they rule the world with machines and power and technology and stuff like that. It's like this is right up Robotnik's alley here. Like he's like Rufus Shinra is just as ruthless as Robotnik is, and Robotnik is just as ruthless as Rufus Shinra is. So there's the connection there. That is so interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels. You got you have a point for sure. Yeah, and so because of all those parallels, I'm like thinking to myself, you know what? I, I at first I did a character analysis between Sonic and Tails and Zack and Cloud, and then from that character analysis, I'm just like, you know, bump that. I'm gonna start writing fan fiction again. <laughs> and that was what turned into what is now called uh, Mobius Seven, which is the Mobius fan fiction. Seven. Yeah, which is the fan fiction series that uh, that I've just finished writing the first book for back oh, in wow. um, let's say March, actually uh G- december 31st 1145 p.m 2020 was when i finished the final when i finished the rough draft of the final chapter for the story wow and then um i've been public i've been publishing it since the i've been publishing chapter by chapter since uh june of last year 
and we just wrapped up, I just wrapped up book one, 42 chapters, 170,000 words. What? Uh, and I, we just wrapped this up back in March of this year. So March wow. 2021. Congratulations. What an accomplishment. And dude, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this was 15 years in the making. I went through... Man. I had about two-thirds of the original of the original write-up made and like partially published on like fan fiction sites until sure. I actually read it to, out loud to my to my wife Mrs. Coffee uh, one night when she was like you know feeling sick and she just like she just like looks at me and she just just read me something anything I don't care what just I need something I need you to read me something to put me to sleep so I started reading my fan fiction like the original draft and I was like oh my god this is terrible what the heck was I thinking writing this <laughs> yeah that happens so is this available now for purchase or oh, it's not a purchase it it's on it's it's on my it's on my site um games of coffee free yeah. for anyone to read that's uh, crazy yep man congratulations that's awesome definitely make sure we link that in the show notes as well oh please but, do um, i mean this of course, this, is, this of course. is my baby here and i'm actually in the middle of writing a second the the next installment of this the next installment that is awesome man wow again congratulations that's a huge accomplishment wow what a 15 and it's funny i i literally really thought when you're telling, talking about your first fan fiction for a school assignment <laughs> right and you're like oh yeah I, i've done it here and there i've written some fan fiction i didn't realize you wrote basically a novel like that is that's awesome yeah that's amazing man yeah that's excellent <laughs> what would you say to somebody like me um, you have like two minutes. You're at a party. You're at a gathering, and they meet you, and they're like, "Oh, I play games." And you say, "Yeah, I play games too." And they're like, "Oh, you're a Sonic fan." I, I say to you, I, I've never understood Sonic. Like I said at the beginning of this show, right? I don't get Sonic. I don't. Man, I just don't get it. What would be the elevator pitch that you would give to that person to say, "You know what? Give it a shot," and really. What would the be? What would that elevator pitch be for you? Oh wow! Put me on the spot, man. Uh, okay. I mean, listen. I I can't <laughs> I can't let you off easy. Uh, I'd say to somebody, what does freedom? What does freedom mean to you? What do you feel when you want? When you when you just kind of let go, let loose all your inhibitions, you know? That's, that's the first thing I want to ask you about that. Like, what do you think about when, when, you, when you want to let loose and just want to go crazy and just, you know, get out and run, get out and do something? And the reason why I ask that is because that is what embodies Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, Sonic is freedom. Sonic is the wind. There's, there's beauty and simplicity in Sonic's story. He's just a blue hedgehog who can run really, really fast and is just out to free his animal friends from the oppressive regime of Robotnik and his technological dominance of the planet. That's really all it is. That's how simple Sonic the Hedgehog is, but he does it with style, he does it with flair, he does it with grace, he's got a big heart. And you know he he genuinely cares. He genuinely cares about the about the people he saves and the people he interacts with. 
people say he's a lone wolf, but really he's, he depends on his friends more than anything else in the world. And, you know, just play it, just take it all in, take the speed in, and just let yourself be free. Let yourself feel free from all of that negativity, all of that, all of that terribleness that's happening in this world, and just, you know, just run. Just feel the wind. Feel yourself. And yeah, that's that's how you embody Sonic the Hedgehog. That's how I would try to convince you, my friend, to get into Sonic the Hedgehog, because that is what it's all about, you know? Positivity, freedom, feeling like the wind, feeling that you can you can do anything if you put if you put your mind to it. If you want to learn more about Ryan and his connection to Sonic, I've included an article in the show notes that has these stories and more. Uh, Definitely a really great read if you are interested. And I've also included a link to his fan fiction if that is interesting to you as well. As for me, thanks so much for listening to A Gamer Looks at 40. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the podcast things like subscribe write and review all of those things are greatly appreciated and check us out on twitter at a gamer looks at 40 until next time go fast